Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. All right, Freedom Friday. Thank God it's Friday. I'm sure you guys are singing and you guys are doing the little dance. You know, like my, my granddaughter, she does this little dance and she's just moving her little hips and everything else. And that's what I'm doing this morning. It is Friday, Friday, Friday. Well, God bless you guys. Welcome again, again. Praise the Lord. It's going to be a good day. Amen. It's going to be a good day. We are in 2 Samuel 9. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your favor, your grace. Thank you for meeting with us here this morning, Father. I pray for everyone who is watching and listening that you would just touch their lives, touch their hearts, Father God. Meet their needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you for your word, Father God, and I thank you for what you're going to be sharing this morning. Let it be you and not us. For this I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, all right, stretch if you need to. And my lovely Sandra will be reading. Okay, good morning. I'm in the NIV version here. Um, Second Samuel chapter 9, starting with verse 1, it says, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They called him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba, your servant? He replied. The king asked, Let's see. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. The king asked, Is there <laughs> no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he's at the house of Makur, son of Emiel in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makur, son of Emiel. When Methoboshef, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Methashabu. Nope. I can't say that word, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your servant, he replied, don't be afraid. David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Meth Ebosha bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? 
Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord, the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and he was crippled in both feet. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Sandra. You know, they, they set her up this morning with that word, you know, and, and that's and that's a long name. So, you know, my my hat uh take my hat out to you this morning. I have a hard time uh pronouncing that word, so I'm probably gonna mess it all up too. So, but it's all good, it's all good. The, this the, this particular uh uh the chapter, you know, chapter nine, you know, I, I touched a little about it about it last week. I I had no no idea that I was gonna be doing chapter nine <laughs> this week. Uh, so I held back last week, but pretty much, pretty much, uh, this, this was a time that um, David ha- had forethought, you know, about the the covenant that he has made with with Jonathan. And back in back in Samuel, First uh, Samuel twenty sixteen, you know, it says that Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David. In verse seventeen, it says, "Now Jonathan again it caused David to vow because." He loved him, and he loved him as he loved his own soul. So, and I and I also goes back to First uh, Samuel twenty three seventeen through eighteen. It talks about their relationship. They had such an intertwined uh, relationship with one another. They they loved each other uh, as as brothers, you know, and and they had this this relationship. And David, you know, this is, has been some time since since uh, Jonathan has passed away. So things already have happened. So David, you know, sometimes we make, we can make a promise, but sometimes we may forget a little bit. Sometimes we may, not that we do it on purpose, but time comes and time, and time moves. And sometimes, you know, we just, we just kind of at the forgot. And, and David here at this time remembers his vow. And he says, now David said in verse one, is there anyone left from the house of Saul? So he was willing, you know, if anybody's left from that family, you know, I want to bless them. I want to bless him. And, and in verse two, he says, and there was a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, you know, and 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 he, and he went to him and, and he said, are you Ziba? And he says, at your service, you know, and the king said, is there not still one in the house of Saul whom I may show kindness to? He wanted to show kindness to. And Seba said to him, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. Again, like I said last week, sometimes they give up, they might, people may give us a title that, that you're just because, you know, we're dealing with something, they're going to call you that. 
you know, and 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 here they 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 start off at verse three, you know, who is lame at his feet, you know, back in First uh, Samuel twenty fourteen, Jonathan and King David made a covenant, and Jonathan said to David, "You shall not only show me kindness of the Lord while I still live, that I may not die." So again, again, another verse that the, the, this relationship, the covenant that they have with one another. So verse four, it says, and the king said to him, where is he? You know, and they said that he was in, in this individual's house, Meshir, Meshir, whatever his name is. I can't even say that. You know, uh, the sound of, of Emil in, in Lodibar. Now, Lodibar was east of the, of the Jordan River, you know, and this individual was a very influential man of that region. He was not a poor man, okay? He was an influential man because in 2 Samuel uh, 17, uh, verse 27, uh, one time when David was out with his men and they were hungry, look what it says. Um, On a time when David and his men were at war and hungry, uh, Mashiel and and other important men brought beds, basins, food, and flour. In other words, they brought all of these supplies that they may meet their need. And only an influential man, a man that had uh, 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 influence, a man that had power, a man that had a means, was able to to get all this stuff together for an army, for an army. So he was he was that type of an individual, you know. And it says in verse five, and King David said said at the sent and brought him, you know. Now I'm going to start start trying to pronounce this name now. Now, so bear with me. You know, the, my, my pronunciation is, is Mephibosheth. That's my, that's the best I can do, you know. And I got to do that very slowly, try to pronounce that name. The son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, you know, to be brought before him. You know, so I can just imagine this individual when he heard that the king was looking for him. Because, you know, everyone back in the day when the kingdom was taken over, everyone was killed from the previous king, you know, because they didn't want none of their descendants to come back at any time and try to reclaim the throne, you know. So I could just imagine this individual when he heard that the king was looking for him, you know. So he must have been fearful. He must, you know, have concern, you know. But, you know, and, and he was probably told, never say who you are. Never say where you came from. So he went before the king, and he says that he felt at his feet as prostrated. Now, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. He said that he was lame on both feet. So he probably could have been brought, you know, carried in by individuals unless he was able to use his feet a little bit and maybe have crutches. But either either way, you know, it, it shows that he was in an upright position, and he threw himself down before the king. You know, he prostrated himself. So he was showing respect. He was showing honor to the king. Yes, he could have been fearful. And I would have been fearful for my life, too, if I was him. But, you know, but this is what he did. He threw himself and he said, and he, and he said, here is your servant. So he acknowledged that he was a servant of the king, you know, as, as he was laying there, you know, and uh, he and, and that just shows a lot about Mephibosheth, okay? You know, so David, David, you know, David noticed all this and David said, do not fear. 
Isn't it wonderful that sometimes, you know, when we're going through a hard situation and, and we read the word of God, sometimes the word of God will just speak to us and tell us, do not fear. Just because you're going through a trial, just because we're going through a storm, just because we're going through an uneasy situation, the Lord will always tell us, do not fear. And, it, and David told him that. He said, I will surely show you kindness. This was almost exact words that him and Jonathan had shared with one another about showing kindness to one another. You know, and I said, and, said, and he told him, I will restore to you all the land I saw your grandfather. And you shall eat bread on my table. Now you think about it. This is the king. This is the king. And he's telling this individual who had no means for themselves, you know, who were broken, literally broken because his feet were lame, you know. And he's telling him, I, you know, I will, will cause you to sit at my table and eat with me constantly that means on and on and on doesn't have no uh you know you're going to sit at my table for a week i mean you got to get out now he didn't say that he said you got to sit at my table constantly so david you know wanted to put him at ease by telling him do not fear you know he was telling him relax i'm going to restore your family's land i'm going to restore all they had what your father had you know i'm going to restore it all to you. I want to show you kindness. I want to show you kindness. That must have blown this guy's mind when, when he heard all that. Because at to this point, he's been he's been uh, pretty much uh, maybe in hiding in this other this other guy's house. He was being taken care of by him. He had no means for himself. And here, the king has called him, and the king has said to him, I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore, you know. And he says there in verse 8, then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dog as I? So you see, he even thought himself. He even thought of himself as a dog. You know, he has he had very low self-esteem at the moment. You know, he felt worthless. You know, he couldn't understand. He couldn't understand what was happening, uh, what happened to him. He lost everything. He lost his father. He lost his grandfather. He lost his uncles. He lost everything. He lost his, the, the ability to even walk because it, say, it says that when the back, back, back in when he was younger, when he was five years old, you know, the, the servant, when she heard that the king was there, King Saul was there, and Jonathan was there. You know, everybody was running. Everybody was scared because they thought they were all going to be killed. And that was never David's intent. David's intent was to do the will of God, not to harm them. He was always protecting Saul. He could have killed Saul many over, times over, but he never did because he was the anointed of the Lord. But, but look, you know, this guy felt like he was like a dog before David, you know. And, 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 and what came to mind is, is, is do not allow your condition to define who you are. Do not allow your condition to define who you are. We all go through stuff, my brothers and sisters. We all go through storms. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have tribulations, but fear not. Again, that word fear, not 
for I have overcome the world. And if Jesus overcame the world, we can overcome whatever we are facing, even even death itself, even the loss of a loved one, even uh, financial at the bankruptcy, you know, losing a house, losing a job that for some of us, a job is, is, you know, that's where we get our finances from. And all of a sudden that can be ripped from your arms. You know, even if you're dealing with situations like that, we know that we serve a faithful God, a faithful God that's constantly telling us, I will never leave you. I would never forsake you, you know. So he always is calling out to us who he is, who he is. And he will always come in time. I've, I know that, that okay, let me look at the word, Mephibosheth, okay, there it is. <laughs> Mephibosheth, you know, he felt, he felt so like a dog because he was before the king. You know, have you ever been to a court that you had to go before a judge? And the judge was going to do a ruling that was possibly going to hurt you, you know. I, I I remember one time that I was that I was going before the judge, and I was involved in a car accident, and they gave me they gave me uh, three tickets, you know, uh, at the following too closely, at the you know tailgating, yeah, yeah, and at the reckless driving, <laughs> yeah, that's me, that's Papa Hernandez. I got all those tickets. I confess, I confess. So I was going before the judge and 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 honestly, I did hit the car, but honestly, I don't know how this happened. So my thing was I'm I'm innocent. I'm I'm pleading innocent. I'm going to plead innocent and I said I'm going to trust in the Lord. I said if the Lord is for me, who can be against me? Oh, I was using a lot of scriptures that day. You know, if God is for me, who can be against me? I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. They even told me, some people told me, get a lawyer because, you know, a lawyer can get you up. I said, I ain't spending no money on the lawyer. I was crazy back then. I said, if the, if the Lord allowed this to happen to me, he has my back. For the word of God says, not even the leaves and the trees will move. It's not the will of God that the Lord has me in the palm of his hand. So if this happened to me, the Lord allowed it for some crazy reason. So therefore, if he allowed it, he's going to make a way out of it. You know, that was that that, that was my belief. You know, and, and I went before the judge and everybody was guilty. Everybody before me, guilty, $700 fine, guilty, $800 fine, $1,000 fine. There was nobody innocent in that courtroom that day. Every single case. Then also, and I'm there and I'm saying, Lord, you can still come through, Lord. You can speak on my behalf, Lord. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to say a word. You speak for me. You know, and even though I knew that the word of God says that when you go before kings, I will give you the words. I will put the words in your mouth. But I say, Lord, I don't even want the words in my mouth. Uh, you speak on my behalf. So, I, you know, there are sometimes, you know, uh, radical faith works. Sometimes radical faith works when you believe what nobody else believes, when you're trusting, when nobody else is telling you to give up. And I said, no, this is my conviction. This is who I am. And it was a growing point. And, and, and all I'm trying to say is that I, I stood by my by the word of God. I stood by my conviction. I was there and everybody was guilty. And I'm, and I'm coming up next. And my heart is in my throat. I can feel it. I can actually feel my chest going like that. And I say, oh, Lord, you can still make it. You can still speak on my behalf. And all of a sudden, it was like, like the, 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 the heavens opened up. These doors in the side of the courtroom opened up. And there was the officer that gave me those tickets, you know. And the officer says, you know, just waves to me. And, uh, and so I went over there and I said, Lord, I still don't want to say a word. 
And then the officer said, I, I want you to talk to somebody. And, and they brought me before the prosecutor. And the prosecutor says, uh, Mr. Hernandez, uh, I know you have all these fines, but this is what I want to do for you. This is what I want to do for you. And I'm scratching my head. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do for you? Give me more tickets, you know? And, uh, and he says, look, I'm going to remove all these tickets that are against you. And I'm going to give you one ticket. And one ticket is obstruction of traffic. And that obstruction of traffic was that when I had that accident, I blocked traffic in both directions. The, the fire department had to come. The police department was there. My car was, was flipped on his hood, you know, and all that. And, and so I obstructed the traffic. And, and, he, and he says, there's no points, no surcharge against you. You know, all you got to do is just pay the ticket. It was just like a $60 ticket, something like that. And, uh, and I said, are you willing to do this? Now, meanwhile, I have not said a word. Because I said, Lord, you speak on my behalf. They did all the talking. And I said, all I said, do you, do you accept this, Mr. Hernandez? I said, yes. He says, go back to the courtroom. We're going to do this again. But before the judge, went before the judge, the judge read all this information. Do you accept this, Mr. Hernandez? And all I said was, yes. Well, guess what? I paid the bail, uh, about $60 back then. And as I walked out that courtroom, me and my honey, you know, we were both together there. We went to the car and we wept before the Lord because we saw the hand of God, his mercy, his compassion come through. And you know what? God can do that for us when we stand by the word. And sometimes standing by the word hurts. Sometimes, you know, people are going to misunderstand you because you're standing by the word. But, you know, he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Just like he is being faithful to this Mephibosheth, okay? Just like he was being faithful to him, that even though he felt that he was destroyed, that he was a dog, that he had no way out, guess what? The king of Israel, well, we have a king. His name is Jesus. And he died and he was resurrected for you and I. And today we have victory. And today we have life. And today we can have the joy of the Lord. So this is what happened. So he he missed, uh, that's what happened to me. Anyway, that was a quick testimony. Just try to you know, you know, to stir you guys' faith up and, and let you know that we serve a mighty and faithful God, you know. And the chief of service was before him, and the, the king said all these things. But on top of that, you know, I'm sure that, that he was thinking to himself, now how am I going to take care of all this ground? How am I going to take care of all this stuff? Well, guess what? The king had a plan. Your king, Jesus, has a plan for you. Your king says that your days are ordered by the Lord. So he got you. He got you. So he, he told him, he told him, well, this individual who has taken care of you, him and his 21 sons, boy, this guy was busy, 21 sons, you know, and uh, they're going to mend the land. They're going to plow the ground. They're going to take care of the ground. So he made, he, he told, he turned to, to, to Ziba and, and his son, and he says, now, this is what I want you guys to do. Because this is a command of the king. And when the king speaks, we listen, you know, and and because it's better for you. <laughs> but well, this is but it was also a bless a blessing for him because he has grounds to work on. There was produce to produce food for the family, 
you know, uh, he was going to get a portion of it. They were going to get a portion of it. Everybody was going to be, uh, be all right. Everybody was be receiving a blessing, a blessing from this. So the Lord was making a way. The Lord was making a way. And today, if you are dealing with a situation that you don't know what's the outcome, just trust in the Lord. Lead not in your own understanding. We're not going to understand everything. We're not going to, you know, comprehend everything that may come our way. Believe me, I have been many times scratching my head. I was going to say scratching my hair, but I don't scratch my hair. I have no hair. Scratching my head, okay? And I'm, and, I, and I'm saying, Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Lord, how am I going to, how am I going to get out of here? How am I, how, how am I going to meet that need? Because life happens. Because life happens. But you know what? I have learned through my years that God always comes on time. He is never late. He is never late. Mephibosheth probably thought that this is all he had. That's this is all that he's ever going to do. That he was all that he's going to be there, depending upon people, hoping that they will feed him, hoping that they will take care of him. You know. But guess what? The Lord came through you know the law came through because he, it says he says in verse 11 that the, and, and he said then Z, then ziba said to the king according to all that, that my lord the king has commanded his servant so will your servants do for as for most feeble chef he shall eat at my table like a son like a son so in other words, he was considering him like a son. We are sons and daughters of the Lord. We are sons and daughters. You know, we have to remind ourselves who we are. You know, I'm not just Pop Hernandez. You know what I mean? Or for my granddaughter, Grandpa. You know, that's just she calls me Grandpa. You know, and I, we are sons and daughters. You know, it says in 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we shall be called children of God or sons and daughters of God. You know, he calls us sons and daughters. You know, we are his children. That means that we belong to him, that we have a, a, a place that, that we can turn to and it's to the Father because he calls us sons and daughters. You are more than what you think you are before the Lord. Sometimes we consider ourselves and we look at ourselves when we mess up. And believe me, I mess up. I make mistakes. Sometimes I forget things. Sometimes I don't do something and we mess up. And we want to punish ourselves and want to kick ourselves in the butt, you know, about it. And the Lord says, stop doing that. I love you just as you are. You made a mistake. You came back. You said, forgive me. And I forgave you. And I don't remember it no more. You know, and the Lord restores us back to that position, you know. So, you know, because we are his children. How many times do we forgive our kids? Come on. How many times do we forgive our kids when they mess up? Yeah, we want to we want to take a couple of them and, and, and put them in our lap and um, do the old, the old spanking deal and all that. And believe me, some of you already have done that. And my son Jason will go, yeah, dad, you used to do that to me. That's Pastor Jason, because he always says that I done that, you know, <laughs> that I was hard on him. Uh, I was hard, but I, I, I disciplined with love. 
because none of my boys can say that I never spoke to them about how much I love them. I was always saying, you know, I don't want to do this. Your actions caused me to do this. Your actions caused me to take this from you. But know that I love you. That I love you. Now, they might deny it. They might say, oh, God, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. Because they always play with me like that. But, you know, the love of the father, you know, the love of a mother, you know, is, is, is the love of God. Because he created us to love and to be there for them. And guess what? You know, he calls us his sons and his daughter. And Mephibosheth. <laughs> Mephibosheth. You know, I'm going to know that name like woo, forever. Uh, you know, had a, a young son that in verse 12, you know, uh, and, and, and they dwelt in the land and the house, you know, that, that, that was Seba, the servants of, of Mephibosheth. So you see, where Meshivashef at one time was dependent upon people. Now he was their master. Now he was their Lord. Okay. He was their boss. In other words, because now they were working for him. Now they were working for him. So, wow. Wow. So, so you think about it from being down and out to even looking upon yourself that you was less than a dog. Come on now less than a dog, to be held to that position that you are now the Lord of the house, that you are now called the master of the house. You know, that's, you know, you talk about from rags to riches. This is definitely a rags to riches story, you know. So no matter where you at, God is making a way for you. And like I said earlier, earlier, your condition does not define you. What you're dealing with does not define you. Because again, look what it says at the end of 13. You know, and it says, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem and he ate continuously at the king's table. And then they put this at the end. He was lame in both feet. You know what I mean? So they, they, they always make emphasis, you know, of, the, of, of this condition. And, 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 and for some reason, you know, for me, that's telling me, you know, that it just because I have this situation, just because I'm dealing with this situation, that does not define who I am. You know, come on now. That does not define who you are. You know, if you, if you are unemployed, you consider yourself, you, uh, and you consider yourself that way, but that's not who you are. You are highly favored. God will make a way. God will restore what the enemy has stolen. We have to have faith. We have to have faith. Just like me, I was giving all these tickets. I went before the court. I held on to the word, hold on to the promise as hard as it was. And as, as much uh, headaches I got from people talking to me and saying, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Do it this way. I chose to listen to the Lord. I chose to listen to his word. I chose not to listen to man. And guess what? I had the victory. I had the victory. And you're going to have the victory. Why? Because God is with you. Because you are his sons and you are his daughters. And he loves you. He loves you. He has not forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. So with that, let me close before I continue to 
to talk and everybody has to go to work because I know you guys got to go to work. You guys got to do your thing. And you probably say, hey, come on, pops, get out, of the, get out of the Zoom already. You know, time for us to go. Well, guess what? I try to do my best. And you know what? It's only 6.31, so there. You know, I've been good. <laughs> I've been good. All right. So my brothers and sisters, have a blessed weekend. You know, keep your focus. Keep your focus. Trust in the lowly, not into your own understanding. Get connected. There's still opportunity to get connected with the groups. The groups are uh, in full and force right now. They are open. You know what I mean? And if you need help, please reach out. You're not on island to, uh, by yourself. You know, you need to get involved. We need, we need one another. I need you guys. I need you. I got Sandra right there. See, she got my back. She got my back, and I appreciate her very, very much. I got I to gotta give her a class. Look what she does. And then we need that crazy name, all this boring, you know? <laughs> well, I, I'm having a good, a, good, a good morning with you guys as well. Anyway, have a blessed week. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Father God, that we can come together, Lord God, and just share your word. And Father, you are an awesome God, a wonderful God, a delivering God, a compassionate God, Father. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you would just meet them where they're at, that they can feel your presence even now, Father, that they can feel your anointing in that room, Father, where they find themselves or in the car while they're driving or at the workplace, Father, that you would just be there with them, Father, that they'll be able to feel your peace and the joy that only you can give. So I pray that you would just bless them. Open up doors that need to be open. Close doors that need to be closed. Healing to take place in those areas that they need healing in, Lord God. And I thank you because your word always arrives on time. Your word will always produce what it's sent out to do. So I thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do. When this I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, guys, you got to go. I know, I understand. Okay, 633, all right? I'm out. God bless you. Talk to you guys soon.